Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. This is the third and final in a series of podcast specials tying into the release of the documentary film My Comic Shop Country, available now to purchase or rent on iTunes and Amazon. In this episode, I bring back Sean Hendricks of Fat Moose Comics as he tells us the story about how he became owner of the shop sometime after the filming of My Comic Shop Country. Uh, Sean and I recorded this at Fat Moose in Whippany, New Jersey in early March, uh, shortly before everything shut down uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I'll take this opportunity to reiterate what I've been saying in all of these episodes. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and inside. Uh, If you have the ability to support your local comic shop, I certainly encourage you to do so. This is obviously a very trying time for all of us. And on the small business front, uh, comic shops are especially hard hit. Uh, So if you have the ability to reach out and see what services uh, your local comic shops are offering, whether it's online ordering, curbside pickup, anything like that, uh, I'm sure it would be appreciated. Uh, So I'm very excited to present this uh, sort of like an epilogue to, uh, to my comic shop country. Again, uh, you know, I filmed the, the, the doc uh, back in, in uh, mid to late 2018, uh, so numerous developments have transpired since the filming of the movie, um, and we address a few of them in the episode, but the heart of the episode uh, is really about uh, Sean assuming ownership of Fat Moose Comics, uh, so you can hear all about how that came to be. Uh, before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. My Comic Shop History is brought to you in part by The Hive Comics and Games, an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. The Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back-issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. Additionally, during uh, this current pandemic, uh, The Hive has implemented curbside pickup and online ordering. So uh, if you're in the area and if you have the ability to take advantage of those services, I certainly encourage you to do so. Additionally, My Comic Shop History is brought to you by a family of film festivals, the Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, New Jersey, this August, the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park, New Jersey, this September, and the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island, New York, this November. Get tickets at brownpapertickets.com, and if you're a filmmaker, submit your work via Film Freeway. Be sure to listen to the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast, hosted by Chris Collin, the festival organizer, via a Shared Universe podcast network, and also check out Chris's new show, Cullen on Film. Uh, So thank you very much to our sponsors for uh, helping us create this podcast. Uh, One other quick plug, if you're looking for more My Comic Shop Country content, uh, there are deleted scenes available at the uh, Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. There are clips that you can get either monthly, bi-weekly, or weekly, depending on your reward tier. These are primarily uh, unused uh, interview excerpts um, that I'm now releasing um, on the Patreon page. So there's a lot of really great stuff like anecdotes and store histories and things like that. Uh, so if you're looking to uh, go even further with your My Comic Shop Country experience, uh, I hope that you will check that out. And on that note, uh, let's get right into my conversation with Sean Hendricks 
of Fat Moose Comics. So you were on a couple of episodes ago. We recorded a movie commentary track for my comic shop, Country. Wait, I can't do this, this weird time skip stuff. We just recorded that. I just said you were on a couple of episodes ago. Right, but like five minutes ago in real time. We're, it's a par- it's a podcast marathon today. <laughs> yes, we are recording uh, these two episodes together. I didn't go that. I wasn't like, oh, it's been so long. Oh, since I know. I've we should have did that though. Like, oh man, remember back when we did that podcast? Thing? I wouldn't do that. Would be disingenuous. I, I wouldn't go that far. But yes, we are uh, still here on this. A nice long <laughs> day of talking. Same afternoon recording another episode. But I thank you for being on that other episode. I the thank you for track. Thanks for inviting me on. It was amazing. I do say so. It was a good. <laughs> it was, was a good. It was fun comic. Like it's. I've never than, done that before. So it's weird because I know you gotta have. You don't want to have a stilted conversation, and you want to honor what's on screen, but you don't want to be like slavish towards it. Like we're discussing every single detail that's on the screen. But so you, you go off on a tangent, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, but wait, wait, this part's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. It's difficult. Yeah. So I've done it now. I've done it for all three of my prior documentaries, and I actually did a commentary track for the extended Kickstarter cut of my comic shop country with my wife. So I've done, you know, a few of these now, but it is different than doing like a typical podcast episode. Like it has its own challenges, but it's fun too. I'm glad we did that one first. Yes. (laughs) Now I can loosen up a little. (laughs) (laughs) So this is an important episode. This is what I'm calling our whatever happened to episode because, you know, I shot my comic shop country in 2018, uh, in the latter part of 2018. So a decent amount of time has passed. And, it's a simpler time. Well, in some ways. <laughs> but uh, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a kid then. So I didn't have a comic <laughs> shop then. So yeah, it was a simpler time. <laughs> I suppose. Um, but so, you know, a decent amount of time has passed. And a number of the subjects, the stores in the movie have undergone numerous changes, you know, in, in, including you and Fat Moose Comics. So oh, yeah. I thought it would be fun to kind of take this episode and uh, sort of address some of those changes with a specific focus, since we're here with you, on your new role at Fat Moose and how this came to be. So whatever happened to the Fat Moose of Whippany? Uh, we're still here, man. <laughs> they can't kill us. You took over as owner. So when I interviewed you, for my comic shop country you were an employee you were register monkey register monkey and as of january 1 2020 you are now owner owner operator and uh yeah it's um it happened very suddenly very unexpectedly i probably should have seen it coming um but i guess we should jump right in so Fat Moose founded, you know, and I've learned a lot through you and, and you know, through the, the podcast that we've done, but Fat Moose founded in 82 by Elon. Elon Strasser. Right. He sold it in, what year was that? I don't know. What year was Not that? Not that long ago. Oh, it was in the 2000s. 2014, maybe? To, to 2011. Right? I'm getting a thumbs up from Justin. Oh, the yeah, thumbs up. 2014. Okay. To Scott. Scott bought it and ran it for two years, but Scott also owned Highlander Games in Booton, and he found running two stores to be a bit much. So then in 2016, thank you, thumbs up. I got the date right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, 2016, he sold it to Matt, who worked here. Um, Matt had come into a little bit of money, and Scott was like, I I don't want to run two stores. Highlander's my baby that I created, so do you want Moose? And so Matt took over as the owner. And um, and so you worked under Matt for these past few years. I wouldn't say under Matt. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) 
I worked adjacent to Matt. Yeah, you were the one in the documentary <laughs> talking about how your entrance is in the rear. So that's true. Jeez, we're working blue today. We're gonna get a, <laughs> one of those ratings on uh, iTunes. No, so yeah, I worked for Matt. Um, as I always said to him, he'd say something like, "Well, I'm the boss." I was like, "I don't, I don't have a boss." It's like I got an employer. Daddy ain't got a boss. <laughs> so tell me, your like, what was your routine like when you worked here this was part-time you were only here like a couple days a week uh well it, the hours changed around a bit but what it ended up being was uh tuesdays and wednesdays from like three to eight okay that was it tuesdays i'd come in usually around the same time as that the, the ups would come with the books and matt would leave because matt's got a, a little daughter and so he'd take her home and um i would process the new books and, uh, you, you know, the whole routine, you count them in, make sure there's no damages, nothing's missing, blah, blah, blah. Put them in with the box holders, put the rest on the shelf, vacuum the place, make it look lovely, spray a little Febreze and, and lock it up. And then I would come in on Wednesday, which is new comic book day around the same time. Cause I would work at the pizzeria for the lunch rush. I'd been working there for like 26 years. It was a summer job that lasted 26 <laughs> summers, such an easy and gig and the money was good and the guy got along with everybody so I stayed. And delivery, you were a delivery? Mostly, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I called it a um, culinary transportation specialist. Perfect. Yeah. But... Uh, so those were the two... Those were the jobs. So I'd come in here Wednesday and from three to eight, I'd be the register monkey when everybody came in for their new books. But you would, I mean, but so, and so what year did you start working for Moose generally when he was on 2009. Okay. And when he hired me, I'd been a customer since 2001. So we so knew long, each other very well. So you've had a long history with Fat Moose as both a customer and then later an employee. Yes. So Moose hired me in 2009 just to work Sundays so he could watch the Giants. And then uh, when the season ended, he's like, you know, I like having a Sunday off and you're pretty good at this. So keep your Sundays. Then when Scott bought it, he said, I spoke with Elon and he said, you know, I'd be a fool not to keep you on because you know the customers, you know the product, you're friendly with everybody. So Scott gave me more hours. And then when Matt took over, Matt gave me more hours. But then it was a struggle financially for him to compensate me for those hours. So he cut back a little bit. So I was literally doing 10 hours a week here. That was it. Right. All right. So long history with the store. You've worn a couple different hats here, customer, employee. So around it was during the holidays right 2019 <laughs> yeah. the, end, the end of this previous year where things took a turn and for a brief moment it looked like the store was going to close well originally matt wanted to sell it he just didn't want to deal with it anymore he had a young daughter and he just he lost his sparkle he just wasn't into it he wanted to be anywhere other than here and that's fine you know Human beings change. He came in very enthusiastic and did a couple years and just decided it wasn't what he wanted to do. Can't fault him for that. So he had a few potential buyers. And I honestly didn't think any of that was going to pan out. Everybody always said, oh, maybe I'll buy it. And like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, the night was December 20th. It was a Friday night, December 20th, 2019. I was playing a gig. It was a holiday gig, big corporate, 400 people. You know, everybody's dressed up nice and get up there and doing my little thing. And between sets, I see that Matt had texted me. I'm like, oh, I wonder what Matt wants. Probably asking me, where did you put this thing or what the hell, you know? And I look at it and it, it was a long text, but basically said, uh, I don't know how to say this. So I'm just going to say it. I'm closing the store. I've had it. I'm not turning a profit. I'm not enjoying it. Um, I'm announcing tomorrow that I'm closing right after Christmas. I got a guy coming in this weekend to look at everything and make a bulk offer on everything in the store. And that's it. I'm out. And uh, 
my heart dropped because I knew he wasn't enjoying himself and I knew he wanted to sell, but it was like with Steve Odo at Alternate Realities where he would talk about closing and everybody's like, ah, he's not really going to do it. He's not really going to do it. And then he did it. Yeah. So it was very- February 2015, he put up that notice that yep. the store was closed. I mean, that's why like, I, I it, was, it has been very interesting for me to watch you over these past <laughs> few months because I identify with your journey to a point uh, the major difference being, you know, I, I didn't save my store the way you did. You know, you stepped in and, and you've kept it going. We'll talk about how that came to be. But, you know, again, I know what it's like to be, you know, very involved with the store, for a store to mean, you know, a lot to me, for the announcement to come that the store is closing and to sort of have to deal with all of the emotions uh, that, that go along with that. So, you know, as you're, as you're saying this, it's like, you know, I, again, I think about when I saw that notice from Steve go up and it's just like a, like a punch to the gut. Was that a surprise to you? Like he didn't talk to you first? He just put that up out of the blue? Yeah, he just put that up. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's like a punch to the gut. I will say like in fairness, and I've talked about this on the show, like I was in the last couple of years of the store, like I was not as regular a presence. Like I wasn't there every Wednesday the way I had been. If I had, I mean, maybe he would have said something, but the sense that I've gotten, I don't think he was really, and I could be wrong, I don't think he was really telling people. Now, that being said, as you know, and as longtime you know, listeners know, like it was, this was a pretty regular thing with him where he was very clear, like he didn't intend to keep doing this right. indefinitely. He's always on the precipice of closing. But and... as far as like, okay, I'm actually going to be putting up an announcement tomorrow. Yeah, no, it was just all of a sudden yeah. we saw it. Well, that's very similar. You know, like I said, I got that text on the Friday the 20th. And now my mind is spinning. You know, my stomach hurts. I'm like, we, no, no, no. You know, and I got to go play two more sets of music in front of 400 people and show, slap mu on, show must go on. Slap on a smile and pretend I'm not dying inside. So um, between the second and third set, while the rest of the band went to eat and have a cocktail, I'm outside and I'm texting furiously i sent the text to elon the original owner i sent the text to you yeah oh wow isn't that initial <laughs> yeah, yeah there were th and then i said honored i sent the text to scott because matt had bought the store from scott and elon got back to me immediately he's like no it's like he can't kill my baby you know um so elon like, moved out to seattle and he now owns a store called mighty moose comics. mighty moose comics in the factoria mall i believe and uh, he was like, what do we do? We have to save the store. What do we do? I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm in the middle of a gig here. Let me get back to you. Um, and then you wrote back to me like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. And, you know, like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm in the middle of a gig, for God's sake. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and then Scott got back to me like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got to figure something out. Like, we're not going to let that store go away. It means too much to too many people. You know? So we're going to come back to this moment. But prior to you know, Matt announcing that the store was closing, like was becoming owner something that was an aspiration of yours? No. No, <laughs> no really? No, You were no. happy being a register monkey. Well, Oh, I don't mean to say that in a judgmental no, way. No, like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> it's funny how many people since I took over, I'm like, oh, you're living the dream. I'm like, this was not the dream. The dream was rock star. <laughs> that was the dream. As a musician, the dream was write, record, perform, tour the world, see the sights, you know? Um... And your I, jobs, like at the pizza place and at the comic shop, allows you to still pursue music, right? Like right. you play gigs. Yeah, I, the, the pizzeria is very flexible because I'd been working there since like nineteen ninety one or two. Um, very flexible. Uh, the comic shop, of course, is flexible, and it allowed me to do the music was the focus. Um, and it was great having three jobs like that. 
part-time musician, part-time pizzeria, part-time register monkey. It, it broke up the day. It broke up the yeah. week. I didn't. It wasn't a routine. Like grind. Like every day is the same thing. So the dream was not to own a shop. The dream was to work at a shop because I could just have fun and stock the shelves and hang out with customers and you know. I didn't have to run the thing. I didn't have to right. do the order forms. I didn't have to pay the rent and the utilities and, and, and deal with all of that. Um, I got to be Flavor Flav and be the hype man and jump around. Yeah, now I'm, I'm Chuck D and I got to run this thing. <laughs> no, it's like, look, I get it. And, you know, we've, like, we, talk, we talked about Steve and the way he ran alternate realities. You know, we've talked about that a lot on the show. Your customer who made a drinking game out of it will have a field day with <laughs> oh, this Oh, hi, Phil. He's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one thing that myself and my fellow coworkers and the fellow, you know, the, the former owners of the store, I mean, the thing that I think we all recognized was that, you know, even though, you know, maybe we didn't agree with every choice Steve made with the store, we did recognize and respect and appreciate that it was his decision to make and that he had a level of, you know, financial investment and responsibility that we never had to worry about. And, and, you know, aspects of running the business that now you're very familiar with, but, you know, paying bills and things like that, just the, the, just the daily day-to-day tasks of running any kind of business. So, you know, to be able to come in and break down a shipment and talk to the customers and recommend books and change around some displays, you know, that's, that is work, but, you know, it's the fun part. It's the fun part. And there you're removed from, uh, you know, the even more behind the scenes stuff that, that can be incredibly challenging. So, uh, no, so I mean, I get it. So you were happy with you was this wasn't something like you were looking to take on, but you definitely wanted the store to well be in, here. Initially, when Matt took over, the plan was that um, I would manage the store, and he would own it, and he would pop in from time to time, because three things happened in rapid succession after he bought the store. Um, he got his leg squished by a truck. We recorded our yeah. f- the first time we met and recorded was like not that long after yeah. that. He was helping the UPS guy bring the, in the new, you know, the new books, and a car backed up without looking and crushed his leg in between the car and the UPS truck, and he was very, very injured. Uh, for a week or two, he couldn't even get here. He couldn't get up the stairs. You know, as you know, we are upstairs. Um, so he hurt his leg, and that really threw him off his game because nobody wants to feel disabled. Basically, right. he was basically disabled for weeks and weeks, um, and then his wife got pregnant unexpectedly and then he bought a house and all this happened inside of five or six months you know so it's a lot so new store owner busted leg baby on the way bought a house like so i think those other things took away from him focusing on the store like he wanted to so he was never able to get the store financially where he needed it to be to be able to pay me to be here to manage the store you know that's just the reality of what happened. So I get the text. I sent it to Elon, and I sent it to Scott, and I sent it to you. I don't know why I sent it to you. I just had to. I, I was like, Anthony needs to know this. <laughs> Did you think know. I was going to be like, we'll do a Kickstarter? No, or save the no. Start? I just, I don't know. My <laughs> gut told me, Anthony's got to hear about this. Because I, I felt like you must have felt when Steve dropped the bomb. So yeah. I, 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 all of a sudden, I was like... <gasps> I know somebody who can relate to this, and I, I sent it to you. So you got back to me like, oh, my God, you know, that's terrible. Elon hit me up and said, look, I can – how much is he asking when he wanted to sell it? I can come up with X amount of money. If you can come up with this other amount of money, you know, maybe we could buy it, and we'll own it. I'll have it back, and you know, I'm in Seattle, but you'll be there, and whatever. We'll team up. And, uh, and then Scott was kicking around ideas. So I got home that night. 
from the gig and I, I talked to Nicole, my wonderful girlfriend. I said, look, this is what's happening. I've got one shot. I got an idea of how to take over this store. Am I crazy? Is this stupid? And she said, oh, it's absolutely crazy and you should absolutely do it. And I said, uh, and she's much smarter than me. She's much more pragmatic. She's the grown up, you know. Mm. And uh, I was like, well, what, do you, what are your thoughts? She goes, look, if you take it over and it fails, blame it on Matt. Just scapegoat. Just be like, ah, he, he ruined it. I couldn't even save that thing. It was, you know. And she goes, if you take it over and it's successful, boom, you got a comic shop. You got an empire. You got a thing you can build upon. You've got a legacy. You've got, you know, you're yeah. the, the hero who saved the store. And she goes, and if you don't take it over, if you don't try, you're always going to wonder. You're going to regret. Like, could I have done something with that? Why did I let that slip away? Like, that could, you know, and she was absolutely correct. And then, and this is why I love her so much. And she said, <laughs> and on top of all that, she said, maybe it's time you took on a little more responsibility in your life. <laughs> she goes, you know, I mean, I was doing literally 10 hours here a week, 20 at the pizzeria, and then whatever gigs. She's like, maybe it's time you, you learn what it is to have to get up and go every day and do the grind and do the, you know, she's like, maybe it's time, you know, you're, you're 47 years old. Maybe it's time to take a bigger bite of the apple, you know, and see what you can do. Still the freshest faced comic shop retailer in the Garden State. Uh, me? Yeah. Uh, the drinking helps. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, she, and, and I said to her, okay, you're on board with this. I said, it's going to be rough. I'm going to be there a lot. I'm going to be tired. Um, I'm going to be broke for a bit until I figure this out. And she's like, no, you should absolutely go for it. And I said, okay, I'm so glad you're on board. I need some money from you. <laughs> because Matt said flat out, I was like, I don't even have the money for this week's books. The books are coming in Tuesday. I got to turn them away. I don't, I don't have the money right now. So I said, if you're really that on board, I'm going to need a, a, a check. <laughs> And God bless her, man. She she she's like, all right. She goes, look, this is me showing you. I believe that you can do this. And I was able to get the books. And I talked to Scott, and we figured out a few things financially. And he 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 helped me come up with a way to take over the store, basically. Right. And Elon is not involved. Well, what happened with Elon was, I said, Elon, I think we can do this. And he goes, great. Give me your your diamond password, and I'll start doing the order form. And I said, dude, I. No, I got to do the order form. You know, I, I'm boots on the ground here. You're 3,000 miles away with a three-hour time difference. Most of my current customers you haven't even met because they're new over the past five years or so. And he's like, no, no, I'll do the ordering, and then you know we'll just talk every day, and we'll figure it out. And I was like, no, no, no. I need to run it. I need to jump in head first. I can do this. I'm going to need your advice. I'm going to need, you know, I'll, I'll be calling you in a panic from time to time. And, um, and I was able to work it out where... I did it without Elon. And he was upset at first, you know, because he's been thinking of moving back to Jersey. He's like, well, if I move back, I've got a store and we can run right. it together. I was like, well, I said, if and when you move back, we can absolutely talk about that. But to have you co-own it is great, but to have you try to run it from Seattle, it's impossible. You know? Well, he's still running his other store as well. Right. Plus, plus that. But the main thing is you have to be here. You got to know the people, you know, and Elon's great. He's been doing it forever, and he's great at it, but not from across the country. I just didn't see a way that it, that would work. Right. So I just spoke with him the other day. He's coming to visit um, soon, and I said, come by the store. We'll, we'll get some pizza. We'll hang out. You know, I'll invite all the regulars who know you, and we'll, we'll have a little little shindig. But uh, So I was able to take it on. I borrowed a little bit of money, and I have a silent partner who wishes to remain just that. I spoke with him and said, um, would you like me to give you, you know, 
your the respect you're due because without my silent partner this would not be a thing at all and he said which part of silent partner are you not <laughs> understanding because i don't want to be named i don't want he's just like i'm just here to help well if there were and, anyone you know better suited to be the the name and voice and face of uh <laughs> fat moose i guess it's you <laughs> I, ironically i've lost weight i mean i was never fat to begin with you know that that name was uh, elon's nickname when he was a hockey player back in the day right. But uh, I keep forgetting to eat, <laughs> so I've actually dropped weight. <laughs> and people are like, well, you, you got to live up to the name Fat Moose. I'm like, I we might have to rename it. I'll leave it. It yeah. can stay an ironic name. Exactly. It's fine. But uh, yeah, so that's, the, that's a long rambling story. But uh, as I talked to Matt, like the next day, I said, tell this guy who's coming in to give you an offer on bulk. Tell him, stay home. I was like, I got this idea. And we sat down and we worked it out. And... Uh, he was, he was happy. He said, look, I don't want to close the store. I don't want the store to go away. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. He said, so whatever I can do to make it your store, by all means. And Matt has been great as far as helping me make the transition into owner. Like there were bumps, a lot of bumps along the way as far as the, <laughs> well, the first week of being the owner. The week of January 1st was an absolute nightmare. I mean, I saw you posting about it, but my heart went out to you, you know. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, the day we were meeting here to sign the contract, um, and that's the other good thing is all of my customers have been so supportive. One of my customers is a lawyer. He's been a box holder for a long, long time. I called him up and I'm like, hey, Matt wants out. I want in. How quickly can you draw up a contract? He said, give me two days. Pro bono. Oh, very nice. Pro bono. Like, when does that even happen? So he, he drew up the con. He said to me uh, over the phone, he's like, well, look, the business isn't doing well. What are you going to do to save this? Why are you, why do you want this business? What are you going to do? And I laid out like a six point plan and he goes, oh crap. Okay. Yeah. You got a plan. You could do this. He's like, all right, I'm going to help you do this. So we met here. We were meeting here to sign the contract, me and Matt, my silent partner, my mom and my stepfather, because they were like over the moon, like, oh my God, our, he's growing up. He's going to take <laughs> on responsibility. So they're like, let's go. We got a bottle of champagne. We're going to meet here to sign the contract, to have a little party. I get here early. The power's turned off <laughs> because JCPNL didn't transfer the account to me. They just cut it off. They're like, oh, this guy's out of here. We're cutting off. No power. So we met at the pizzeria next door and, and had champagne and signed it there and everything. And then the first Wednesday, oh, so I had to go the next day to 8 a.m. I had to go to Morristown to haggle with JCPNL to get the power back on. They're like, oh, it'll be on sometime today or maybe tomorrow. I'm like, no, I need it now. It's cold out. I don't have lights. I don't have heat. I need to get the books ready. Finally, around 4 p.m. that day, they turned the power on. And I cried a little because I was so happy because I was in here and I'm losing daylight and I'm freezing and I'm trying to get the books processed. I can't turn on the computer to do the polls. I can't do anything. My f cell phone's dying. I couldn't charge it. <laughs> it's just like a nightmare. I said, when the sun goes down, I have to leave. And if I come in tomorrow and there's still no power, I, what can I do? I can't access the register or anything. Luckily, they turn the power on. So now Wednesday comes and I get up. And I'm like, it's my first new comic book day as owner. And I turn the key and the car won't start. <laughs> I said, thank you, universe. Thankfully, my girlfriend works from home on Wednesday. She goes, take my car, go. She goes, you know, we'll figure it out. So I get here, get everything on, every, the lights on, everything's ready to go. I call AAA to go get my car to bring it to my mechanic. While I'm on the phone with AAA, the power cuts out again. 
And I'm like, no, no, no. I paid the bill. I paid it. I paid it. I go outside, power's out, and the whole a transformer blew. Oh, the whole block is out. I'm like, this is the universe just telling me something. <laughs> power finally came back on like two hours later. Thank God. Um, what else happened? Oh, then like a week after that, <laughs> I look at the invoice to see what how much money I need for the COD for the delivery. And the invoice is like 400 bucks as opposed to usually around 1400 you know so you don't pay in advance you no, pay i don't want to get behind so most a lot of stores are doing that now instead of owing money to diamond it's just cod so you get a bank check or a money order i open the invoice and it's like nothing and i i look and there's nothing no books so i called back i'm like what's going on he's like oh well i thought i was going to close i didn't think you were taking over the store so i canceled everything and didn't think to forgot to tell, tell me you. yeah okay. i guess you know he was dealing with his own stuff I, so that one week, I had no new books come in. I had to make a Facebook video, as you saw, just explaining what happened. And, you know, so it's in, in the first week or so. Oh, and then the phone, uh, I called Scott from the store phone just to say, hey, and tell him how it's going. He goes, what, where are you calling from? I said, the store. He goes, it's a different number. The phone company, when they switched the account, changed my phone number. So I called them. I'm like, hey, we've had the same phone number since 82 it's on all our stuff like you can't so i had to deal with them and to get the phone number back and that cost me a little bit of money so it was just like every single thing and i would go home like in tears and, and sit down with my girlfriend and be like i think i've made a terrible mistake i think the universe is telling me you made a bad call she goes no this is the universe going how bad do you want this like you know we're gonna throw everything at you she sounds like a wonderful person to have in your corner smartest person i know Except for the fact that she's in love with me. I mean, that, that's her one blind spot as she puts up with this crap. I mean, that's that's a lot to contend with. Nah. I mean, you know, keeping in mind the fact that this all happened, you know, so quickly and you weren't, this, you know, wasn't something you were planning on. And not at all. The fact that it, it happened and unfolded the way that it did. Not to, not to stir the pot, but I'm just curious, like, was there, did you feel any sort of way over the fact that Matt didn't come to you first? Oh, we to had say a, like, do, yeah. you, do you want to work out a way to take over? Well, we had a conversation about that. And I said, why didn't you sit me down and just say, look, I really want out? Because he always talked about it, just like Steve did. And I was always like, ah, where's he, where's he going to go? What's he going to This is his thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I said, Matt, why didn't you sit me down and have a heart to heart and tell me, look, I really want out. Is there anything you can do? And he said, because I couldn't conceive of a way that you could take it over. He goes, I know you're kind of broke and, you know... He was like, I just didn't really see a way that you could do it. And I said, well, that was your biggest mistake. You underestimated me. I was like, don't ever. Because when my back's against the wall, I, I still don't know how I did it. It still feels unreal. I still feel like somebody's going to go, we're just kidding. It's not really yours. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, you forgot to sign a certain piece of paperwork or something didn't quite process. And like, no, 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 it's not your store. You know, like it, it still really <laughs> feels... It's surreal to me, you know. Well, look, when your back is up against the wall, the only the only thing to do is move forward. I yeah, I I had no choice. I couldn't. I could not let this go. I I couldn't. It means too much to too many people, myself obviously included. Yeah, and I mean for you. So I mean, is it fair to say? I mean, it wasn't even really a financial thing because I mean you're only working a couple of days anyway, right? I mean, this was really more driven by like the the personal desire. To oh yeah, I keep didn't, the community going. I didn't have to take over the store. I chose to. I could easily, you know, that 10 hours a week I worked here, I could right. have just added 10 hours a week to my pizza schedule or whatever, you know, like it was, it was purely, you know, a labor of love. It was, it, and, and it's funny, my first Saturday as owner, 
um, <laughs> this family comes in. They've been coming in for years. And the kid, Ben, he's 15. Super nice kid. Super shy. Quiet. Just quiet kid. And they came in like, congratulations. Holy crap. And he took me aside. He's like, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, what's up? Because I just want to tell you, um, thank you so much. You know, I heard the store was going to close. Because Matt had kind of let it leak over a week or two to certain customers that he was going to close. And like, it just kind of got out there in the ether. And, um, so Ben says to me, uh, I just want to tell you, thank you so much. I've been shopping here as long as I can remember. The store means a lot to me. And, and I know you didn't have to do this, but you're taking on a lot of responsibility. He goes, I just want to tell you, you're kind of, um, you're kind of my hero. Oh. And I immediately welled up with tears because I was so tired and so overwhelmed with everything. I'm getting glassy now just talking about it. But, uh, I was like, thank you, man. I was like, I swear to God, Ben, if you make me cry in my store, you're banned for life. I was like, stop talking to me. Go buy some comics. Get the hell out of my face because you're making me emotional, you know? No, I mean, I get it. It's like with these undertakings. Like, I mean, again, I can identify from, you know, my own experience, like with the the, the podcast, but the documentaries in particular, it's like there's such massive undertakings. And, you know, sometimes it can just be something as small as, you know, someone saying a nice thing about it. And it yeah. just, it makes you feel... You know, like it's like it's I mean, it's worthwhile f in and of itself. But, you know, it that really can make a big difference when you hear something like that. Yeah, the validation. It, and it's amazing. I I always consider myself to be pretty cynical and world weary and whatnot. But it's really everybody's been so kind of like renewed your spirit a bit. Yeah. So, so supportive. And people have just randomly been coming in like with food. And be like, here, you probably didn't eat today. You know, here's some food. I'm like, I, I didn't eat today. Well, thank you. You know, people have been bringing me uh, alcohol, which I have like a fully stocked bar under the counter now because people are like, oh, congratulations. And, you know, um, the one week within the second week when no books came in, one of my regulars came in with a nice bottle of scotch. And he's like, oh, man, uh, congratulations. Here's this is to celebrate. And I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't get any new books this week. There was a snafu. He goes, okay. This is for the pain. <laughs> I wanna, yeah, I want to ask about this. I mean, the fact that you didn't have a new product the, the, that entire first week? When did you Not get the a, first week. It was like the third week, I suppose. Oh. Mid-January. Yeah. And when were you able to get replacement books? Um, like two weeks later. And there were still books that had sold out. I literally went on my day off to about three or four other stores just to try and get the stuff that my customers were missing. And some of the stores, you know, sold me stuff at cost to be very nice, like congratulations, welcome welcome to hell, you know, yeah, <laughs> here you go. That's nice. And a few stores I, I don't have a relationship with, I just paid cover price, I don't care, so I wasn't gonna make a profit on that, but I need to make the customers happy. And everybody was really understanding, they said, look, we understand you came in hot, you came in unexpectedly, you came in broke, it was, you know, Christmas time, I spent my savings on Christmas gifts, I came in right. with nothing. And they said, um, you know, we can deal with the books being two weeks late because other than that, there would be no store if you didn't step up. So we're willing to be with you through the, the bumps in the road because otherwise this place wouldn't be here at all. So every, you know, a couple of them were breaking my balls about it. Like, what do you mean? Oh, I right. guess I'll just go to Zap or Funny Books. And I'm I like, mean, did they yeah. go other places or they like to get that week's books or no. they? Nope. That, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the story you just shared about the, the family and that wonderful comment, I mean, that was very nice, but th- that really warms my heart that people were understanding of, I mean, because, right, like, that's, the, that's, that's renewed the, my faith in humanity, man, because, <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing when we talk about, and, you know, it's a big part of the documentary, and, and, you know, we've talked about it so many times, like, you know, when retailers complain about, you know, late books, missing books, damaged books, right, the fear is that if you don't have something out on your shelf, the customer, the collector who wants it that day, that week, isn't going to give you the courtesy of, of you know, giving you that time to get a replacement. They're going to go somewhere else. And so there's that sale that you've lost out on. And then there's always the risk they might not come back. Yeah. So the fact that they were patient with you through that is extremely heartwarming. Yeah. It was, it's funny because um, I told you Matt had let it slip to a few customers that he was going to close. So my one customer, Jeff, he's been a box holder forever. The day Matt told him we're closing. Now, I didn't even know this yet, but he told Jeff. Jeff went to Funny Books in Lake Hiawatha. Hi, Steve. Steve's a good dude. And he opened a box there. He said, Fat Moose is closing. I'm going to open a pull box here. So he gave him the titles that he wanted. And uh, I'm sure Steve was like, ooh, they're closing. Yeah, hoo-hoo. I I can get some of their people, you know. And uh, then... Like the next day, Matt called Jeff and said, oh, Sean's taking over the store. We're not closing. He went the next Wednesday back to Funny Books. He bought what was in his box because he had signed up for it. And he said, I'm closing my box because Moose is staying open. Sean's taking it over. So, But he bought those. And then he came here and bought the same books twice, the ones that were in his box here. Because wow. he's an honorable guy. Like he, he said, like, I didn't want to screw funny books so i bought those and now i don't want to screw you so i'm here and he bought the same books twice just but that's like those are the kind of guys that shop here these these real stand-up dudes you know like i said my one customer is a lawyer drew up the contract for free like another one of my customers is a graphic designer he, he did some work for um flyers and things like it's just everybody's really it's been amazing it really has yeah that's fantastic so i mean i know there there have been you know, challenges as you've stepped into this. I mean, I think, you know, to, to run any kind of small business and to step into it the way that you did, you know, would be challenging. And then when you add on top of that, the specific challenges that are inherent in a, in a comic shop, and I want to talk about ordering in a moment. Oh, Lord. Uh, but on, like on the positive side, and I mean, I think we already have our answer. I mean, is it fair to say like that this existing clientele, this customer base that you have this rapport with, I mean, is that the store's biggest asset coming into this as owner? Oh yeah, if we didn't have this group of people, I wouldn't have taken on this responsibility. I'm I'm doing it for them. Um, so you, noble. You know, well, I wouldn't say noble. It's it's selfish too because I love hanging out with them. Right. And as we've seen, you know, when you don't have this place, right, to go, even though if the intention is there, like, oh, we'll still hang out, doesn't no, always happen. I thought about it. I thought about every one of my regular customers and thought, wow, when would I ever see this person again? We're not going to go meet up at a restaurant. We're not going to... Like, how many customers... Like, when we talk about, like, that real, like, the dedicated, that Wednesday group in particular, like, roughly, what what kind of number are we talking about? Throughout the entire day or, like, my after-work crowd that hangs out? I mean... Oh, well, that after-work crowd in particular. The... On a good Wednesday, if nobody's got anywhere to be, any responsibilities, I'll have nine, 10, 12 guys just hanging out chit-chatting broken off into separate little groups you know these yeah. three guys are talking about james bond these two are talking about doctor who these you know like yeah um <laughs> it, i have a new box holder and uh 
he was only coming in on the weekends with his family. And I was like, oh, you got to come by on a Wednesday and meet everybody. And he finally did. And he's like, holy crap, I've never seen this many people in the store. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, that, that's the destination. People come in, they want their books, but then they hang out and they, they everybody knows each other. Yeah. And it's all demographics, men, women, uh, young, old, uh, blue collar, white collar. It's, it's just, and it's amazing that the commonality is the passion for this stuff. And I just, to quote Lex Luthor from your favorite movie, I love bringing people together. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do love when I see like these two two or three people who would never interact out there coming together and talking about something that they're passionate about, even if they disagree on it, just to watch the interactions, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's almost like a social That's experiment. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah. Uh, you no, get it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, I mean, you know, I was going to ask, like, what was the reaction among the customers? So, I mean, we've, we've definitely already covered that. Um, I mean, how many, I mean, have you seen customers come back who you hadn't seen in a while and or an inf any influx of new customers? Um, both. I've seen customers who have come, not, not left and then come back, but who are here more often now. Um... <sighs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. Matt, towards the end of it, was just not into it. And it's obvious. When the enthusiasm's not there, you know, and right. the, the customers could tell. They'd come in and be like, oh, Matt was in a bad mood or Matt wasn't engaged or, you know, whatever. Matt didn't have the books I was looking for. And I, you know, I, and so they would actually come in when I was here or Justin was here because they're like, oh, those guys are still happy-go-lucky because we weren't. I didn't own the store, so I didn't have a care in the world. Um, so those customers are now coming back more often because like, oh, wait, so I don't have to just make sure I come in on a Wednesday when you're here. I could come in on a Sunday afternoon and you'll be here. I said, yeah. Right. For now, we're still closed on Mondays, but the rest of the time, if that open sign is on, I'm here. And so those customers have been like, oh, this is great because now I can just roll up whenever, you know. And you're going to be here and I don't have to worry about coming into an environment that may be a little less welcoming or whatever. And that's not a, a, a shot towards Matt right. or anything. He just just didn't want to do it anymore. And, you know, it, it that happens as you live you know, experience for yourself. Steve just one day was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I mean, and, you know, we had talked about, uh, you know, kind of Elon towards the end. He his mind was elsewhere mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, talking about Matt. And, yeah, I mean, I saw it with Steve like he. I mean, he was still obviously present, but as far as, I mean, just as an example, like he wasn't reading the product. I mean, he, you know, knew whatever he could glean from solicitations, but it's not like, again, he wasn't really plugged in and he definitely wasn't enthusiastic about it. And I wonder now, so like you've seen a couple of prior owners of this store go through that. Do you think, hopefully this day never comes, but if you got to the point where you didn't have the enthusiasm and you were kind of checking out, do you think you'd be able to recognize that in yourself? I don't, everybody, not everybody, but a good portion of people are like, oh, once you make the thing you love, your job, you're going to hate it. And oh, you're going to lose your love of comics. And you're going to, and I say, I will take that challenge because I've been a musician for 36 years. I'm 47 years old. I've been playing music 36 years and I, I do it for a living. It's crappy living, but you know, I do it for pay. I play music for money and I still listen to music on my off time, you know, and I'm driving in my car, I'm still, you know, it's not like, oh, I do music for money, so now I don't enjoy music. Right. Same with comics. I'll be here all day on a Tuesday, and then I go home with a stack of comics that I want to read. You know, my favorite thing, you know, Monday is my one day off. My favorite thing on a Monday night, 
do the housework, anything I got to do, whatever. And then I sit on the couch. Nicole sits on the one couch with the TV. I sit on the the love seat with a stack of comics, glass of bourbon, and I just I just fall in. I fall into the comic. I still I don't think that anything can change that. I've been a comic book guy forever. And I never even took a break. You know, the, the typical story is, oh, once I hit puberty, I discovered girls and cars and drugs. And I, I discovered all of that stuff, trust me. But I never stopped reading comics. And not always, at the expense of comics. Yeah, it was always still a part of my thing. That's my one pure, true escape. And if anything, I'm kind of digging it more now because I'm in charge. I get to order stuff. And, you know, there were certain books that I'd say, hey, Matt, why don't you get like a half dozen of these? It looks pretty interesting, you know, and and a lot of times he wouldn't be like, I don't know what that is. And now I can allocate the budget and be like, well, do I need this statue that somebody may or may not buy? Or do I take that money and try out this new title, this new Aftershock or this new book, you know, this new image title? And um, I did my first previews order in January, the first one I did by myself. And now those books are coming in for March. And some of those more esoteric books are coming in. And I'm selling them. People are buying them. And I'm saying, like, check this one out. This is kind of cool. I read this last night. It's about this, this, and that. And, you know, not all of my customers want straight-up superhero stuff. Some guys want just the superhero stuff. Some want just the weird crap. And a lot of guys are in between. Like, hey, for every Superman comic I read, I like to read something like East of West. That's a little bit out there. So that's the main thing. I don't care as much about high-end statues because you get a $275 statue in. It may sit here for months and months and months and months. That's money I could have put towards a book that's going to sell that week. Right. And that if somebody likes that book, oh, add that to my pull list. Now that's a guaranteed sale every month when that book comes in. That's what I want to focus on. Gotcha. Is the... Again, for as much as I have seen previews and I've heard retailers talk about it, I've never done an order. It's a nightmare. Is it as bad as everyone says? It absolutely is. How long did, did it take? I mean, I'm sure you'll get faster as you go, but I mean, how long did it take you to do that first one? Um, well, the trick was like, Scott, I don't know how Elon ordered, but Scott and Matt would always wait to like literally the last minute. You have to have your previews order in by midnight that thursday you know as it turns to friday and they'd start like thursday afternoon and i was like well then you're just gonna cram it in and you're gonna you start to glaze over like oh man i don't even care anymore so the goal was start early do a little at a time take a slow tuesday and be like all right before the ups guy gets here let me bang out the marvel section and you, you know you just do it that way Unfortunately, things get in the way, and then next thing you know, it's Thursday, and you're like, crap, I've got five hours before i got to get this thing in. Um, but we use a point-of-sale system, the comic suite through Diamond, and that auto-populates the numbers, shows you, all right, Batman number whatever, here's what you ordered on the previous three months. and So it's easy enough to be like, okay, just get the same. Just do that, do that, do that. But then you're, you're screwing yourself, because let's say something like Batman suddenly is hot again now because of this punchline character. You got to up your numbers on that, which means maybe cut the numbers on something else because, you know, mm -hmm. you want to stay within a budget. Uh, the new Star Wars books are selling out, so I got to up the numbers on that. The X-Men stuff started hot, cooled off. It's hot again. Got to up the numbers on that. So you literally think of every single thing you're ordering. You get up, you run to the shelf, see how many are left, uh, try to adjust that number. And then you get stuff like variant covers and the one in 25s and dynamite with you know red sonia it's got eight covers and like oh, christ 
it really is as uh, meticulous as, you know, and you don't have to. You could just be like, enough of these and some of those and some of that. But I'm trying to improve that kind of stuff. Like I said, by ordering the, the weirder books and the things people might not even know they're going to enjoy until I stick so, it into their hands. So like with that kind of stuff in particular, it's just something that you have, uh, like, you know about it. You, I mean, these are things you've read or at least you've read about and you think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, things, I, I read the solicitation. It takes forever. And a lot of times the solicitation doesn't tell you anything. Right. But these aren't particularly things that folks have been asking about, but you think they would like it and you, right. and you plan to, and we've seen you in action doing this, like in the documentary, like you'll make those recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. I'll even say, um, take this, buy it. If you don't like it, bring it back next week. As long as it's not, you know, stained or, you know, damaged in any way, I'll give you store credit towards something else. I've never had a single book come back to me because I know my people. I know what they dig. Um, I'm not bragging. It's years and years of doing this. I started working, uh, you know, at Pegasus Enterprises back in the 90s and worked for Pat for years. He was my uh, my comic book Yoda. He taught me, you know, how to do this. And I just, I'm into it. I, I love the product. I love the, the you know, the genre, not the genre. What am I talking about? The medium of The comics? medium. Thank you, sir. It's been a long day. That's <laughs> I'm recording I'm all these episodes. Hold on. I'm going to drink more Red Bull. Don't tell my girlfriend. She <laughs> hates when I drink these. <laughs> um, but no, that's great. I mean, you know, uh, so, I mean, we're recording this, you know, the, that first order that you've done hasn't come out yet, but it will by the time this episode airs. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, hopefully everything No, March. Goes yeah, well. March is my my ordering, my numbers. That so. must have been an exciting moment when you, like, you place your first order and now you get to, you start to see... You know the results of your efforts. Coming yeah, in. I mean, I've got a lot to learn. There's always going to be mistakes. It's you know, we're, I'm a human being like anybody else, so it's always going to be like crap. I should have got more of those, or I should have got maybe a couple, f you know, less of those, or whatever. But I'm, I'm learning, and I, I do. I thought it was as tedious as it is. It is also, it's a weird kind of fun. It's a weird kind of like, all right, let me try out this book. Well, how many? All right, I know these three guys like Jeff Lemire, and it's a new Jeff Lemire book. All right, so they're definitely going to want it, but maybe I'll get three for the shelf. No, two for the shelf. All right, no, four and then two of the variants. And like, it really, it, it's time consuming, but there is, I actually do enjoy it more than I thought I would. I thought I would dread it. And there are moments of like, oh, F you Marvel, like, you know, or, or DC with these 80, uh, 80th anniversary specials they're doing with eight variant covers and they're 10 bucks a piece. And, you know, so there are moments where you're like, all right, I'm going to take 10 minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a cocktail. I'll come back to this. I need to like walk around the store for a minute and clear my head and I'll come back to it. But uh, I do actually, in an odd way, maybe a masochistic way, <laughs> I enjoy it. You know, at Alternate Realities, uh, overstock was an issue. You know, oh, yeah. there were a number of things that, you know, uh, we've talked about this, but, you know, things that Steve thought would be a big hit. Sometimes, and uh, sometimes it went the other way, of course, where, you know, especially because he wasn't reading the books, like if, like he used the, you know, punchline in Batman as an example. Oh, like, God, that you know, but like years ago, like things, I remember when, you know, uh, Mark Miller and Steve McNiven, who had just done Civil War, like they were coming on to Wolverine for the old man Logan, and he just ordered it the way he would an ordinary issue of Wolverine and we were like, no, like, like this is going to be a big thing. People are going to want it. Uh, so that would happen sometimes, but more often than not, you know, we, we, you know, overstock was an issue. Um, has that, has that been a problem with what had been going on before with the ordering? Like were you, did you find that you were, or was it more the other problem that stuff was going too fast? It was both actually. Yeah. Um, I think part of it was Matt would over order on the stuff that he liked. 
Right. Assuming that, and that's a common thing. Yep. Like, that's... oh man, I love Star Trek, so everybody should love Star Trek. Let me order heavy on the Star Trek. And now, then when he would do that, though. I mean, would he then recommend that to people, or it would just be on the shelf, and he hoped people would gravitate toward it? You know, I don't know because it was rare that we were both here at the same time. Gotcha. Like I'd come in, and maybe he'd be here for an hour with me. Right. But I don't know how he did his job. Like I don't know what his interactions were with the customers i wasn't here to observe it yeah no i just asked because i feel like it's i don't know it's just an interesting aspect of this because generally yeah i would say if you're coming at this as a fan first and ordering according to your tastes and not what there's an appetite for among your customer base that i think is is a recipe for disaster but i mean if it is something where it's like you're gonna give this a great display and you're gonna push it and you're really gonna recommend it you know, okay, like that's something else. But if right. it's more of a passive thing and you're just ordering based on your own likes and dislikes, you know, very challenging. It's it's tough. I mean, that's, you know, that's part of being a, a human being and a collector. Like the stuff you dig, you think everybody should dig. And right. I've been trying to champion the book Kaiju Max for a while now. He's on like season three. Uh, you know, he's doing it in like, I think, 12 issue arcs. And it's a supermax prison for giant monsters of all sorts, everything from giant robots to slime monsters to Godzilla types. And it's a great, great book. I can't get anybody interested in it. <laughs> and one of my regular customers is a corrections officer. And I was like, hey, uh, check this out. You know, it, Mike, it deals with like the prison thing and it's a prison for monsters. And he goes, dude, I do it for a living. Why do I want to <laughs> get out of work and then read a book about, you know, a prison when I work in a prison? I'm like, uh, fair enough, you know. But yeah, there are books that I love that I literally get one of them per month because I'm the only guy reading it. Right. But I do try to champion the stuff that I love. But I also understand. I've tried to sell Kaiju Max nobody's buying it so i order one per month and it's mine and i take it home <laughs> i mean you don't have to reveal any trade secrets or anything but like you know a big seller here like what would, what's a what's a like something that you order a lot of like what type of quantity are we talking uh the biggest sellers are probably you know batman uh amazing spider-man the star wars books are doing well all the the new x-men stuff is doing really well and that's all stuff i had to increase the numbers right because matt was ordering very you know low numbers on that because he's like hey if somebody comes in on thursday and it sold out on wednesday oh you should have been here wednesday and i'm like yeah but not everybody can get here wednesday and so right. the trick is you know as you know have enough for everybody and you know yeah if it sells out after a week or two then it's like well you know it was came out two weeks ago it's gone but you don't want to sell out on a wednesday but like are these books you're ordering in the triple digits triple digits no. are you out of your mind <laughs> Hundred copies now. <laughs> hundred copies. What the hell am I going to do with a hundred copies of anything? But no, no. I mean, you know, we're a small store. But I think that probably. Let me think. The highest number I would order on any given title would be like fifty copies. Gotcha. For something okay. like Batman or whatever. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, like Midtown Comic every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I think like. What did, how many did they get? Like, how many copies of, you know, Amazing Spider-Man does, like, a Midtown... Is there an entire diamond box and it's just Amazing Spider-Man? Like, I mean, honestly, like, given what they do with their online business, I mean, they're, like, almost a quasi-distributor at this point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't compare to them. No, no, I can't. I can't possibly, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm as small as small gets, you know. Well, but I'm working on it. Yeah. You know, 
aggressive expansion. Yeah. No, I'm not saying, <laughs> oh, you should be ordering on, like order what, you know, you can sell. But, you know, we were talking off mic about uh, our mutual friend, Rich Roney. Rich know, Roney. Friendship and fun. Friendship and And I know, fun. you know, he expressed this to you and, you know, and he's voiced this in the past of, you know, uh, when he used to shop here under the previous regime, you know, and he would come on a Wednesday after work and, you know, the store would be sold out of, you know, some of that week's Seven releases. or eight titles, yeah. You know, so that's, you know, the fact that you're addressing that, I think, is smart. Well, it, it, it's not easy, but it, it, you have to have the damn books, you know, and you have to have supplies, bags, boards, boxes, which that's a struggle because um, the place I get them from is in Piscataway and they don't deliver and I'm only off on Mondays. And then I find myself doing things like this on a Monday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, believe me, I'd much rather hang out with you and do a podcast than drive to Piscataway to get some. Well, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, I'm sure uh, many of the people who will be listening to this episode in particular will be Fat Moose folks who you direct to it. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe we'll have some, you know, pe- some of our regular listeners who maybe they haven't been here before. And if they're you know, local enough, they'll come check it out. I mean, hopefully they do. Please do. Please do. But yeah, speaking, you know, like we did before about the customers being really supportive, um, you know, as far as bringing me food and stuff, one of my customers last week, Tom, awesome guy, he was in and I was bemoaning that I ran out of register tape, receipt paper. I was like, I just haven't had a chance to get to Staples. He texted me that night. He's like, hey man, I'm at Staples. What do you need? You know? And and he said something like, don't you need printer ink too? I'm like, yeah, I do. And so I gave him the, the printer product name you know whatever and uh he came back to me he's like all right well i got you the thing of register tape i'll bring it by sunday you know the next day and uh he goes i looked at ink and it's too expensive here but i found here's a link to amazon where it's cheaper for ink for that printer like just stuff like that and he came in on sunday and he he gave me the register tape i was like what i owe you he goes i don't know give me store credit towards my books wednesday or whatever and just little things like that my one customer mikey pops came in two wednesdays ago he's a big james bond fan and he brought in this tactical portable bartender kit. <laughs> like it looks like one of those big armored like briefcases. And he pops it open and he made martinis for everybody. <laughs> the the James Bond signature Vesper martini with the twist of lime and everything. Like and yeah, just the one week a Wednesday a pizza guy shows up with two pies and a two liter of soda. I'm like, I, I didn't order anything. And Gene, my customer, goes, Oh, I did. He's like, I figured you'd be hungry and we'd all be here. So we had a little impromptu pizza party. Just like all, it's it's crazy. And it, it makes me embarrassed almost that everybody's like looking out for me like that. Like I, I, I totally appreciate it. It's unexpected and it's always appreciated. You know, it's, it's crazy. That, no, honestly, like that's really wonderful to hear. And it's, uh, well, again, like when, you know, AR calls oh, and like and everyone came, like, you know, people came to help. Yeah. You know? And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Justin, who brings me Red Bulls. Yes. Against my girlfriend's wishes. <laughs> she said, I'm going to tell Justin, stop bringing you Red Bulls. I'm like, yeah, Justin, just keep bringing me Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, honestly, like that, that response from the customers, you know, that speaks to, you know, the admiration they have for you and the relationship you've cultivated. And it speaks to, you know, how much this place means to them and the lengths they're willing to go to to make sure that it sticks around. I mean, that, that really says a lot. Yeah, they, they uh, uh, actually, my one customer, Nick, it was his birthday today, but I was on Facebook last night at like 2 a.m., so I wished him a happy birthday, 
And I saw the comment today. He's like, oh, thanks. He goes, uh, but what the hell are you doing up that late? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right. You know, like they're genuinely concerned, like, uh, right. like genuine, like get some sleep, make sure you have a hot meal. Like what the hell's wrong with you? You know, maybe it's just a selfish thing on their part. Like, well, if Sean dies, there's no more store. We got to keep this guy alive a little longer. I'm sure it's a, you know, it's, it's a combination, <laughs> but you know, to have that level of investment and commitment from however large that particular group of people is, is a wonderful basis, you know, to expand upon. And so I guess that's kind of leads me to, you know, the la the last major area that I wanted to talk to you about in this episode is, you know, like what you have planned for the store. I mean, I know we're only a few months into the new year and you, you know, were thrown into this and, you know, you had a lot of those initial struggles with the bills and the shipment and all that stuff. Thankfully, you know, that seems to, you know, be ironed out yeah i think i covered all of those bases now. you know I, I put out all the tiny dumpster fires <laughs> right and so like now you're starting to do the orders you're going to start to see that come in i saw you you know you, you did a lot of rearranging the um the portion of the store that's that's right um where we're recording uh the way you rearranged the racks it really opened it up it's, oh, it's thank you yeah it's very bright and, and and spacious now more so than it had been before it, it it's funny because my first week here i was pricing some things and it took me a minute to realize oh i'm the boss like i i was pricing something i was like oh man i wonder what matt wants this to and i was like oh wait a minute there is no matt there's only zool you know so i so and um let me get tell you a real very brief story of one more test from the universe sure it was my first saturday as owner that friday night i'm cleaning things i'm dusting i'm cleaning the statue cases and stuff and we had this beautiful big i don't know how to be a foot and a half tall batman statue made by Tweeterhead. The blue and the gray, Neil Adams looking kind of perched on a rooftop. Gorgeous. Matt had gotten it for the store. It was $275. It had been here for a couple of months. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I should take that home. I'm a big Batman guy. I got my whole Bat Shrine. It's like, you know what? As a congratulations to me to jumping in head first, to taking this all on, I should take that home. That should be the one piece that I congratulate myself with. And I was like, ah, you know what? Just leave it leave it the next day that saturday a guy comes in he's looking around with his wife and he leaves without buying anything calls the store say i was just at your store i've you know p purchased a lot of statues from you in the past and everything and congratulations i heard you're the new owner so i was looking at that batman statue he goes uh is there any wiggle room on that price wise and i said you know it's funny you should mention that i almost brought that home last night like that i was gonna reward myself with that statue he goes oh oh, oh so it's not for sale i'm like no 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 no, no. it's for sale and he goes, okay, what can you do price-wise? And I had the, the literal, you know, the angel and the devil pop up. The angel's like, oh, make him a deal, sell the statue. And the devil's like, that's your statue. Take it home. You deserve that statue. And so uh, then I had the middle ground of like, don't wiggle on the price. And if he buys it, great, you sold it. And if he doesn't, take it home, it's yours. And I said, no, no, no. I said, you bring me X amount cash and it's yours. He goes, all right, let me call you back in a half hour. I got to run it by the wife. Calls me back. He's like, all right, I want it. He goes, I can't get there till Tuesday. It's Saturday. I can't be there till Tuesday. Can you box it up, please? Get it off the sales floor, you know? And I said, dude, I'm not going to sell it out from under you. He's like, I know. I would just feel better if you box it up. I'm like, all right. So I had to break it down into three pieces and box it up. And I always get nervous, like, don't break this. Like, it don't snap the ear off. Or don't oh, I snap. Used to, like, I used I to hate. hate. Yeah, it's yeah. the worst thing is reboxing a statue is a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I checking them when they initially came in, uh, I mean, that... 
that was similarly challenging because you have to take it out to inspect right. it and get it. But especially when, and at least the customer wasn't here when you did it. Yeah. Because that would stress me out too. Like when someone wanted to stand, yeah. like watching you. There were a couple times where I said, you know, would you like to? Do yeah, it? you do it yourself. <laughs> Pay me first and then you yeah. do it. Oh, I used yeah. To so that. I had my customer, Dan, was here and I'm like, help me do this because it was a big piece. But I couldn't separate the feet from the base and I'm like trying to wiggle it i'm like oh god help me if i break this thing anyway i got it in the box i put it under the table he came in on sunday i was like what are you doing here i thought you weren't coming until tuesday he's like ah thank god i boxed it up that day you know he would have come in like i thought i asked yeah. you to do that so he's like oh, i can't wait i just had to get it today so he gave me the cash he took the statue i was like you gotta do me one favor when you get home and you get it in your display with all your statues send me a picture i want to see what he looks like out in the wild in his forever home you know and uh he did me one better he took pictures he put them on facebook gave me a five-star review Aww. and said oh congratulations to sean the store is great sean's great you know he cut me a deal on a statue everybody go there and buy st you know and oh, they're all like, gonna ask for a deal now well deals can be made <laughs> Look, anything that's already in this store, yeah, fair enough. You know, I want to get it the hell out of here so I can bring in other stuff. But that was my first test from the universe. Like, what kind of owner are you going to be? Are you going to think of yourself first, or are you going to put the customer first? Yeah. And I think I chose correctly, and it, it came back to me in spades. The guy gave me a great review, and you know, put pictures online. Like, oh, I love this piece so much. Everybody go to Fat Moose, and and that's happened a few times since I took over. Good. Yeah, I mean, I think as. Yeah. And again, I've only worked at a store, but, you know, I, I certainly know the temptation. It's like, especially, you know, on a Wednesday when you're unpacking everything, you first dibs on, on yeah, whatever dibs. you want. <laughs> yeah, this is and mine, then, and this is mine, and this is mine. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like you're working at the store all day. It's like you're, it's constant temptation. It's like, you know, you pass by something enough, and it's like, oh, like that would look nice on my shelf. <laughs> but I think the line is, you know, you don't want to, especially as the owner, you don't want to consider what you have your what you have in the store as your personal collection, right. right? But at the same time, I think, you know, you can kind of look at it as like you're surrounded by it all the time and that's how you experience and enjoy it. Like yeah, with the statue, right? Like, because what do you do with the statue? You put it in a display, display case and you look at it. Now, of course, the hardcore collectors would, you know, counter that. It's, you know, about actually, you know, having, having. it owning it. Oh, it's a struggle. I, I you know, My collector side... And my store owners are constantly at war. Yeah. You no, know? I understand. And, but it's and like, I'm, I'm. The, thankfully, the store owner side is winning. I've brought <laughs> a few things from home that I've sold. And you're planning to bring your like entire collection, right? You had announced not my that. entire. I got to keep some of it. But that. a substantial, <laughs> right? You had a announced this when yeah. you took over the store. I have probably about 160 long boxes of comics that are doing me no good. They're just sitting in my sister's basement. So. You know, when Matt owned the store, I didn't want to sell them on consignment or anything because how do you keep track of that? If Matt's here or whatever, he's not going to right. write down in a book, all right, well, I sold this, but then these four books came from Sean's collection. It was not feasible. But now that it's all mine, I can bring in my stuff and anything I sell just helps the store. And these are single issues. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, just the floppies. Uh, but I've got, you know, stuff dating back... 35 years worth of Daredevil, you know, full run, X-Men, Batman, um, great stuff. Uh, but right now, there's still a lot of stuff in the store as I'm cleaning and digging out from under tables and in closets. There's probably at least two dozen long boxes that need to be sorted and priced and put out. Like, I'm not going to bring in more stuff until I can get the stuff that's already here out. 
But I think, I mean, kudos for, you know, for this plan that you have to bring in your stuff, because I think that could be, I mean, it'll be great for your existing customers, but that could be the kind of attraction that might bring in new customers. Oh, it's going to be nuts. Trust me. It's going to take a lot of time. Yeah. But when I do, um, I love telling people, you know, when, when I first took over and news spread, Ben called me from Zap. Ben's a great dude. Zap's a great store. And he called me up. He's like, oh, congratulations. I wish you the best of luck. And I said, do you though? He goes, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I said, remember my collection I was going to sell you? Like that 160 boxes or whatever? He goes, yeah. Like I'm bringing them here and I'm pricing them low, baby. And I'm going to have a back issue selection like like no store has ever seen. And he goes, ah, crap. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm, I hate to say it, Ben. I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for everybody. Like I want this store to be as, I want it to be that place that people talk about. People are like, holy crap, have you been to Fat Moose? Like, you know, I want it to. So yeah. is there anything else along those lines? And again, if it's something you are not ready to share yet, that's perfectly fine. But anything else, it's like you're planning to bring in the collection. Anything else kind of aimed at that goal of. I'm going to start dealing crystal meth. Oh. <laughs> It's a joke, please. Totally kidding. Um, I want to do more events. Uh, you know, signing, sketch parties. I was thinking of doing like a drink and draw kind of night, which you got to be careful about advertising right. wise. You know, I mean, obviously you can't sell alcohol and you also don't want people bringing in their own and leaving here hammered or whatever, you know. Um, just, yeah, more events and little things. I don't know. We used to do when Scott had the store, if a comic book movie came out, He'd see who wanted to go, and he'd get tickets for everybody, and we'd meet up, have a drink, and then go to the theater together. Sometimes there's 25, 30 of us all together. And, uh, yeah, I might want to get something like that back in play. Some more events. Just events. And yeah, outings. Just, yeah, outings. It's, it's I don't know, and, and being a musician, could always do a live music thing in here. I got the space for it. Yeah. You know? Um, I know not in the immediate future, but doing conventions, is that something that is kind of on your... Eventually. I mean, basically, you know, it's just me and, and Justin is here and he helps me out, but there's two of us. Yeah. So to do a con, you need two guys there, which means I need a guy here to run the store and I do not have that third person yet. Right. I don't, I know your schedule's kind of tight. <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be great. I'd love to have you work here. I might, <laughs> listen. We'll talk. That might actually be something for uh, nah, you're, like you're a future far away. I know you got no, a whole but that thing might going. be something for like a future mini series. Like I would love to like come and work like a couple of days. And do like a ride along. Yeah, yeah. And we podcast about it because it's like that's the thing. As much I could use it, man. You got star power. I'd be like Anthony Desiato is working this week. I don't think that would be a draw. But the you know for as much time as now I've spent in all these stores, like I haven't I haven't worked a comic shop in a really long time, and there are the major aspects of it that I miss that I actually would enjoy. So uh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> all th what I've been saying, my, my new catchphrase, aside from the drinking helps, has been uh, all things are possible. Yeah, in success, like yeah, anything. When, yeah, when people are like, you should do this, you should do that. And I'm like, look, all things are possible. Just give me time. Let yeah, me, do you find you know, a lot of people are throwing suggestions at Oh my God, at you? everybody knows how to do this better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what you should do? Oh, you should do this. Oh, you know what you should do? I'm like, cool. All right, open a comic shop and then you do it and tell me how it works for you. <laughs> and uh, I, get, I get it. That's part yeah. of it. You know, I mean, that's they're excited. Is there any like one thing in particular that stands out as like, uh, like either something you've gotten suggested, has been suggested to you a lot or something that was just like so out there or? 
Oh, man. It's, it's just, like the thing a lot of people say, oh, you know, eBay, online sales. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't, I can't right now. I want the store to be the, the place people come to buy stuff. If they right. can buy this stuff from me on eBay, they have no impetus to come to the store. Right. So then why am I paying rent? Why am I paying to keep the lights on? Like, I want this to be the destination. But yeah, everything from you should get a liquor license to yeah. uh, you should have sexy cosplay girls work in the counter. I'm like, oh. cool, bring them in. Uh, you know, if they don't mind working for store credit, bring in all the <laughs> sexy cosplay girls you want. Like, you know, but yeah, everybody's got their uh, their ideas. I mean, whether it's eBay or a convention, I mean, yeah, I do think there's value in having, you know, some other outlet for something that, you know, for your conventions. Yeah, I would love I was talking to Dave O'Hare about doing the Garden State Comic Fest in June. And I realized, like, you know what? It's too soon. Like, I'm still getting my my legs under me. Yeah, that might be like a year or two. Yeah, next year, I would I would almost guarantee I'll be at Comic Fest. But this year I got so much to do, even simple things like painting the, the lobby and things and. 101 things I got to do that are more important. Any thought, uh, this is like a, this would be major, but I'm just like, any thought, like how happy are you with the store's current location? Because I know it's had different locations <laughs> over the years. So you're currently, Funny you should ask. You know, on the second floor above a dry cleaner, entrance in the rear. Well, um, my landlord, he's great. He, older fella, but we, we get along. When I signed the lease, um, he was trying to get me to sign the lease before I even signed the contract to own the store. I'm like, I'm not signing anything. I don't. Oh, I could walk away right now. Right, I'd right, yeah. walk away and just go back to the pizzeria. I'm not. I'm, who's doing who the favor here? You was know? the pizzeria sad when you left? Oh yeah, well, I was sad. I, yeah. I still pop in. I try to pop in once a week, you know, and say hi. And you know, I was there 26 years. Yeah, so I'm sure they're happy for you though. They know this they is are. a yeah, the dream. They, they, not the dream. Not the dream. <laughs> no, I know, but but <laughs> yeah, I thought we covered that. I know. <laughs> no, I know. No, um, but the dream in the sense that like, I know. You know you no, walk, I, I miss those guys a lot. And the food's really good. I still go in once a week and they feed me for free. So I'm definitely, I take advantage of that. Uh, but so with the landlord. Oh, the landlord. So he's like, do you want to sign a, a one year or a two year lease? I said, just one. He goes, why? Why not two? I was like, well, because in one year, I'm either going to ruin this place <laughs> and it's going to be dead or I'm going to do so well that I can get a better location. Because he was trying to squeeze me to raise the rent. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, come on. I said, consider what you have here. And if I leave, who's coming in? Who's taking, what are you going to put in this spot? You know, it's not really right. zoned for anything. It was a dance studio. Um, so he came in last week for the rent and I was telling him I want to paint the stairway. I want to paint everything. And he goes, yeah, do whatever you want. I was like, well, I want to paint it black and do like an outer space theme. So as you walk up these 17 stairs of doom, at least you feel like you're coming into an experience. You're not just like trudging up these stairs. It, it gives you a goal. Like I want to get up there and see what's up there. And he goes, yeah, do whatever you want. You want to replace the carpet? I'm like, no, I want you to replace the carpet. He goes, well, you know, any improvements you want to make to the store is great because then I can up the rent. I'm like, up the rent. Yeah. If any improvements I make to the store, if anything, you lower the rent because I'm making it a better location. So, you know, but he was joking mm. around halfway and I was halfway joking around. But mm. I told him, like, you raise it by a dollar and see how quickly I'm out of here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, like in the, you know, in the documentary, you talk about how, you know, this place is a destination, which has value in and of itself. But if it's a destination, it requires effort on the part of the customer to find it and get to it you know, potentially missing out on some growth opportunities as opposed to like if you were, you know, on a more, you know, major road on, in a strip with other stores where there's more foot traffic. Well, the, the, the tricky part is you don't want to move too far from where you are. When Elon, right, yeah. Elon moved from the Pine Plaza to here, 
I can almost see the Pine Plaza out the window. And he still lost customers. Yeah. Even though you can throw a no, rock. I, I and, believe you know, it. I believe it. So if I move, and this town, Whippany, is going through a lot of changes. They're, they're tearing down the old mall where we were, and they're putting up um, affordable housing. And then up the street, they're doing the same. So the landscape of this town is changing. So I don't know if it would help or hurt to move. Gotcha. I don't know what's available. I've got so much right now to deal with. Right the last thing on my mind is relocating yeah no don't I tell my landlord because then he's <laughs> totally gonna have me over a barrel and be like aha yeah <laughs> no i get it i mean and honestly it's like you know you're working on building up what you have to make that as as strong as possible exactly like, so no i so to you know try to throw a move on top of that no like i, I, I it would get it, it would absolutely kill me to try yeah, no, no, i was just yeah, i was just curious what you know like long term and so kind of along those lines so we talked about you know, you want to paint, you're going to bring in your collection, maybe some conventions down the line, maybe some more events, some outings, any other, you know, short or long-term uh, plans, goals that you can share? I think that's most of it. I mean, it's just, the, the thing is, is sell, 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 sell. You know, I, I've been finding stuff in the closet and under table. I'm like, why is this not out? I, I've made good money on things that were just like hidden we look and, uh, you're you know, preaching to the choir yeah we had tons of stuff that had signs that say don't touch dumbass right and, but meanwhile know. it's stuff that would sell i had a guy come in he called me a couple weeks ago and he goes oh i'm looking for a real obscure book you don't have it, it was probably x-men alpha like from the 90s chromium cover the kickoff to the age of apocalypse he goes yeah i'm like yeah i got you son come on in i had i found two of them literally the day before i found them yeah. he came in and it was like a ten dollar book and but he bought alpha and omega he's like oh my god nobody has these i'm like yeah, I got him right here. And then he, out of nowhere, he goes, um, I'm sure you don't have any of the uh, absolute carnage, that, that original Maximum Carnage, that cross 14-issue crossover from whenever. Oh, I remember. I said, I got you, fam. I pulled out the entire run, all 14 issues, signed, numbered, certified by Dynamic Forces. I literally found them two days prior in a box in the <laughs> closet. He goes, what the hell? He's like... Well, how do you have this? I'm like, dude, I'm magic. Yeah, yeah. I totally played it up like you came to the right store. So anything else you need, I got. And I sold it to him for like 200 bucks. I don't even know what the value was. They were marked at like 175. And I said, dude, these may have gone up. They may have gone down. I may be screwing you. You may be screwing me. I don't have time to research this. But they're signed. They're numbered. They're certified. 200 takes it. And he's like, this place is magic. <laughs> and he was over the moon. He, he walked out of here like, I can't believe I found the most obscure random crap i'm looking for yeah and i've been fine i found akira number one last week i found you know the venom lethal protector miniseries the entire run of you know the six issue run of infinity gauntlet the original run just stuff that was just kind of fell so, by the wayside matt did you a favor in a way don't tell him i hope he doesn't listen he doesn't listen to podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, i wouldn't worry too much about that have you as we're winding down here i just want to make sure we get through a couple a couple other things have you changed or do you plan to change any policies any store policies like with respect to reservists or things like that no i, I think what we have lined up is good it, it's if you're you know it's free to have a, a pull box if you have 10 or more titles a month you get 10 percent off any purchase if you have less than that or you're just walking off the street, we do the, the stamp card. Mm -hmm. So for every $10 you spend, you get a stamp. You get 10 stamps. You get $10 off any purchase. A lot of stores do you know $5 each, and then you get $5 off. We just we doubled that years ago. Um, and then you know if you're a box holder and your box is getting full, I'm going to call you up and be like, hey, man, you, you alive? You coming in? You know? Um, 
But yeah, I don't think there's anything that needs to be changed as far as that goes. We've got a pretty good framework. And then as far as just like the DNA of the store, you know, in the documentary, you talk about how this is like more of an old school comic shop. (laughs) Just got thrown at my face. (laughs) I'm I'm quoting you. (laughs) How dare you? And I've watched this footage many, many times. So it's it's I never said that. And if I said it, I didn't mean it. And if I meant it, I never said it. But but just kind of along those lines, I mean, is there any, like, atmospherically and just, like, the identity of the store, is there anything that you're looking to shift in any way? Just be friendly, you know, and, and people see it, that if you're just engaged with the people and enthusiastic, it comes back to you. Yeah. Tenfold. Well, no, and that's you evident know. by, you know, what you've already described in terms of the response of the customers. I have to tell you, though, Odo and I, boy, we, we had such a laugh over one of your Facebook posts. Oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> the, yeah, you were talking about essentially how you don't have time to talk on the phone on Wednesday, yeah. right? But you worded it in such a gentle, fun, friendly way. But I think Steve and I could both see, like, hints of what might come down the line. Because, you know, for Steve, it be- like, that was one of the Odoisms. Like, never call Steve on a Wednesday. Yeah. And he would, I mean, he would berate solicitors if they called. But he would chastise customers and friends if they dared bother him on a Wednesday. Because that's the new comic day. It's busy. And reading that post, it was like, <laughs> oh, man, like he's a few posts and like maybe a couple years away from like, don't call Sean on a Wednesday. No. See, here's here's the difference. I realized a long time ago, you can say terrible things to people if you make it funny. Look at Don Rickles. He built a whole career on insulting people, but he made it funny. So if somebody calls me on a Wednesday and it's one of my regulars, I will answer the phone. I'll see their name and I'll be like, what the hell do you want? Why? Who do you think you are to call me on a Wednesday? And then, then they laugh. I'm like, no, but seriously, though, what do you need? You know? Yeah. Like, uh, I had a bank has been, I think it's Wells Fargo has been trying to get me to switch bank accounts or whatever. He called me on a Wednesday. I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. Like, let me tell you, if you want to talk to any comic shop, Tuesday and Wednesday, don't bother. Like, yeah. that's when we're busy. But um, no, it's just a matter of, and, and it's also the musician stuff. They, you know, I'll get texts and calls about rehearsals and gigs and freelance things and they don't know about comic shops so i'll be like i can't i can't get let me get back to you later an hour later so can you do that gig i'm like i like give me let me get back to you tomorrow you know like it's it's, that's the problem is now gigs are picking up again you know january february it's slow i've got some freelance stuff i got a band that i'm doing a gig with next week and they already asked me if i could do two dates in philly memorial day weekend I'm like, I can't, I can't leave the store for two days. Like, and they're like, oh, it pays really well. We get hotel rooms. Like, it sounds great. I, I don't think I can do it. So to reconcile that, you know, yeah. that's where the frustration comes from. Because the music thing, it's not a schedule. It's gigs pop up, gigs go away, you know. And But as far as me being tired and frustrated that day, it was, yeah, I was definitely feeling tested by the universe. But... But it's even something as simple as my mom, and I love her to death. She's awesome, but she'll text me on a Wednesday like, hey, how's everything? <laughs> and then I don't get back to her. So two hours later, she's like, are you okay? You didn't get back to me. I'm like, mom, what day is it? And she goes, oh, <laughs> right. It's a Wednesday. I'm so sorry. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, it's just. Everyone will learn. People who text me, you know, my friends who have quote unquote real jobs who have to be at work at nine will text me at 830 on their commute. Like, hey, you know, what are we doing this thing? And I'm always like, don't. Like I don't have normal people hours. Like right. I and you know, it it's 
I'm used to it too when I worked at the pizzeria. Most people, they have their lunch break. That's when they text you. Like, right, hey, right, you right, want right. to? And I'm and like, that's, that's when, when I'm the delivery. busiest. Yeah, 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 like that's when I'm at my busiest, you know? So it, it, that's all that, that post was. It was funny though. When I saw you like, oh, it's starting already. Yeah. He's going to be bitter. It, it's not. I, it, it really, it just there are moments of frustration. Yeah, just like with anything. Well, I'm glad that you had the time to do that to do this uh, podcast today on my day off i know i get one day off a week i know well this was the day to come when the store was closed and exactly we had, we had silence no I'm, I'm happy to do it man but uh you know again congratulations on this thank you i like i said i've i've been you know we've been speaking of course but you know i've been watching you know through facebook <laughs> and everything and is it funny that that i actually think of you when i post certain things yeah. I'm like oh anthony will get That's, a kick out yeah. of this <laughs> no but i you're I, in my thoughts <laughs> But I'm so, honestly, I'm so happy that you're doing this. I think the store's in great hands. I think, I, I agree with Nicole. I think, you know, I, I think this will go well. But even if it doesn't, it's like, at least you know that you tried. And it's like, again, I didn't, you know, going back to when AR was closing. I mean, Steph and I, we did have one conversation where we were like seriously saying like, should we try to do something? And, you know, but I, I don't think I had the design. I mean, I don't know if the store were still around and it were closing today. I might approach it a little differently, but at the same time, I think I only would approach it differently because of the experience I've had over the past few years going to all of these stores. Right. So, I, so probably not if I hadn't had that. Um, but it's like you, but so I didn't really have the chance to save my store. And it's like, you had that chance and you took it and you've done it. And I, that's, it's fantastic. Well, I haven't done it. I'm doing it. I'm working on every, it. Look, every, <laughs> everything could go tits up tomorrow. <laughs> every day past January 1 that the store is here. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a victory. And so keep that in mind as you're dealing with all these headaches and hassles well, that come up. Not to get sappy on you, but you know, when we had this back and forth through Messenger, um, I forget what, what kicked it off, but I said something like, man, you're doing this and the, the job and the kid and the wife and the documentary and the pie. I was like, you're, you're my hero. And you immediately wrote back to me like, dude, you saved Fat Moose. You're my hero. I'm like, holy crap, we're each other's heroes. Like yeah. this mutual sort of like admiration where when I do get kind of overwhelmed, I honestly literally think of you. I'm like, well, uh. Anthony's killing it out there, man. Like he's doing eight things. You got this <laughs> one thing. Quit being a crybaby and do this thing. You know, like it, it, I'm serious. Well, no, I appreciate that. I mean, I think, you know, when you have passion for something, you know, that really drives a lot, you know, and you're able to do more than you, you thought you could. Uh, so, you know, no, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, no, I, I admire the fact, like you saved your store. Had the store gone away, would you have done a podcast on Fat Moose? You should have done that. Would've it would been. be full of spite and bile <laughs> and expletives and yeah, it would have been, a, you know. So uh, we, we ended up really not talking about the other stores in the documentary, but just as we close, ah, screw those guys. No, I'm just but as we as we close out here. So you know, like I said, it's been a little while since I filmed the movie, and there have been some other changes. Now, uh, this is not meant to be exhaustive. Uh, I'm sure there are other developments at various stores I might not be aware of. This is not meant to be like here's everything that's happened with every store, but just some of like the real like big picture major changes that I'm aware of. Uh, Cave Comics. Uh, our store in Connecticut, the owner, Pat Callanan, uh, he retired and one of his uh, employees took over the store. So a la, The store's still going. Yeah, and the store's still going. So I a la that. Fat Moose, we have a change in ownership. That's great. Uh, we have a couple of stores, you know, for as much as we talk about like how challenging the business is uh, and the risk of stores closing, we actually have a couple of stores that expanded. Uh, Challengers in Chicago opened a second location. So they have, and you'll recall from the movie, that red motif in the yeah. store so they now have challengers blue 
Oh, nice. Elsewhere in the city. And Torpedo Comics, our, you know, uh, beautiful showcase of, of vintage books, they opened a, se- a second operation, I think in California. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I have to double check that. Hi, Gabe. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Gabe, you know, uh, shout out to Gabe, too, because he uh, really showed the social media love uh, in the promotion of, of the documentary. I'm not trying to take anything away no, from No, no, Look, no, no. his face no. changed. It did not. <laughs> Are you? I'm no, Gabe's to... great, man. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe tells it like it is, man. I like that guy. <laughs> if certain things pan out, we might all be on a panel together at a certain event. But we'll, when I say, we won't say anything more. Do you understand? Uh, I got to. We tell won't you, say though. anything more. Oh, I won't say anything more except that that haunts my dreams. I well, if hopefully we can, things if we come can to actualize pass. this. Hopefully things come <laughs> to pass. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's vintage. You know, the the owner of that store, uh, Alan Boss, he's in the documentary. He's our toy customizer and collector. He did have a storefront. That's what he's interviewed in during the movie. Uh, but he did shut down the storefront. Uh, but he still is doing custom toys, and people can book him online. Uh, so not not the end end, but just the end of that storefront. And then Heidi Ho, uh, I had filmed them while they were in the midst of a move, but they are now fully moved into their new uh, smaller location. Uh, so those are just a few things. But um, oh, also um, a new store that I, I must give uh, a shout out to because the guy's really cool. His name's Bradley. It's a store called Expired Robot, and it's in Kenelon in the Kenelon plaza kenelon mall but it's a smaller store it's a little you know mall store he's been open since i don't know september october but great little shop great guy good it's nice to see a new store yeah and it's nice that he's not anywhere near me so i don't have to worry about i don't have to take him out yeah (laughs) but now it's it's always it's encouraged i never got any sort of animosity between stores unless they're across the street from you right like you had in westchester wasn't it like a Dragon's Den was right across the street from something else? We had, yeah, Dragon's Den and One of By Cards, Two of By Comics yeah. were right across the but street from each other. If you're, you know, more than f- 20 minutes away from me, then God bless you. Go ahead. Do your yeah. thing. You know, if somebody opened across the street, sure, I'd have to prepare them all to have cocktails. I mean, that's just the reality of it. <laughs> but no, I-, I love to see stores flourishing and store new stores opening and stores like Zap doing their own cons and stuff. Like, it's it's great. It can only help us all in the long run. Yeah, so those are some of the updates on a few of the stores uh, in the movie. And, you know, I now that the movie's out there, you know, I don't know what, if any, effect it'll have. But, you know, hopefully people will see some of these stores and, and maybe go to them, you know? I'm just so happy the movie's out there. Me too. Like, uh, it feels good, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, well, you deserve all of it, man. You deserve everything coming your way. Well, I appreciate your support, and uh, again, congratulations on the store. Again, if Thank you're listening you. to this, you know, uh, come they, in. You'll have a good. T- you'll have nobody a good time. got. You think anybody got this far into this podcast? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, guys. We appreciate uh, but it. But come into Fat Moose. You'll have a good. You'll have a good time with Sean. That's right. I think you've gotten. I think listeners have gotten that line? sense. Come for the comics, stay for the cocktails. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. That was my conversation with Sean Hendricks. I want to thank him very much for taking part uh, in this episode as well as our commentary episode uh, a few weeks ago. Thank you to everyone who has listened. Thank you to everyone who has watched My Comic Shop Country uh, and especially those who have reached out uh, and shared their feedback and written reviews and and posted about it on social media. Uh, It really means a lot. I appreciate it very much. And above all else, it it just uh, means the world to me that the movie has resonated. I'm so happy that it's finally out there. Uh, if somehow you've listened to all of these podcast specials and you still haven't watched the movie yet, uh, I hope that, uh, you'll be able to take the time to do so. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it, uh, especially given what we've all been going through in recent months. 
uh, again, the, the, the doc is very much a love letter to stores and what they mean to us and the power that they have to bring us together. And I think it's something that, uh, you know, now more than ever, I think will, will resonate. So if you haven't watched it yet, I hope you will. Uh, on the podcast front, uh, you know, these specials that we've been doing, uh, highlighting My Comic Shop Country, these have taken the place of the Homecoming miniseries, which was originally intended to run uh, over this period of time. And of course, we had to put that on pause uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, I still have every intention of concluding the Homecoming in some way, shape, or form uh, as soon as we're able to. That might occur uh, later this year. It might be in 2021. Uh, but uh, please keep an eye and ear out for that. Uh, this is certainly not the last of my comic shop history, maybe for uh, for right now, uh, but we'll definitely be back. I'm already thinking about plans for, uh, for 2021. Uh, as you know, we always do something a little bit different each year, so uh, I'm thinking right now about what that will be. Um, but in the meantime, uh, make sure that you are connected on social media. There's the My Comic Shop History and My Comic Shop Country Facebook pages, uh, My Comic Shop Doc on Twitter, My Comic Shop Country Movie on Instagram. Uh, you can always sign up for the Flat Squirrel newsletter at flatsquirrelproductions.com. So thank you, as always, to everyone for all of your support. And as always, don't be a flat squirrel. Flat Squirrel.